we sit and enjoy in the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell Good evening. Sunny, Happy Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. In addition, this week, to the American Society of Interior Design, I am your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and interior design conversation. My guest this evening is Bethany Reed Peterson, ASID designer, principal, and chief bon vivant at Atelier Reed Waters, an exceptional design house with offices in both London and here in Minnesota. Bethany, welcome to the show. And did I butcher the name? No. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And no, Atelier is... It's perfect. It's French. So oh. it's perfectly pronounced. Bon. There it is. You've now tapped me on all of my ability to pronounce anything in French. Excellent. Awesome. No, we're thrilled to have you. We're going to be talking this uh, this evening about uh, design trends in the UK as well as here in Minneapolis. This is going to be a great conversation and it's going to be well lubricated by our good friend Dan Newkirk. <laughs> From uh, a number of different places, including Mill Valley Kitchen, Mercy, and fe- featuring this week uh, Benedict's in downtown Wyzetta. Dan, welcome back to Drink in the Style. Thank you very much. <laughs> Man, a few <laughs> words, but great gravitas in that voice. What are you going to be making for us uh, this evening? Well, today's going to be uh, a vodka based cocktail um, with a vodka distilled from sugar beets. Um, yes, I know you're wondering. It's gluten free. <laughs> it's key to me. Absolutely and, uh, key to me. I guess just to tap onto the uh, the French uh, design firm, I got a little French vermouth for us as well. Really? So the uh, the cocktail put in itself. So most people don't really drink vermouth in their vodka martinis anymore. They just want it dry. Well, I'm here to change that a little bit. Really, you're finding people are skipping the vermouth skip- altogether, or oh, just just, just, just a for tiny vodka. whisper, just for vodka, not for gin. Okay. Um, the gin drinkers still keep up to the actual demands, but uh, with this case, um, the drink itself um, is called rainwater because uh, it's going to derive down to so rainwater petrichor. Petrichor is a word that was uh, created by some Australian scientists back in like 1968. Okay. Uh, and so literally. Petra being the, the root word, the, the Latin genome, it's, it literally translates to water that flows through rocks through veins of gods. We say that again? Flows yeah. through rocks through veins of gods. Holy crap. So, and one word, they had a word for that? Petra? Uh, yes. Petra was the word. But now <laughs> Petrichor is the word that's been carried forward. So what's really cool about this is, uh, yeah, the, the drink literally tastes like rainwater. So when you go outside and smell uh, that smell after a nice rainfall, mm-hmm. you're smelling Petrichor. The reason why beets taste the way they do. Petricor. Really? Yep. This is such an educational show. This I mean, great. I never stop amazing myself at how much value I bring to our listeners through through the display of completely unurgent but really interesting bits of information. And this drink will be available both at Mill Valley Kitchen and at uh, Mercy. And now because of this show, we might have to carry it at Benedict. So. You may have to. Somebody comes in and demands it. You're in big trouble. Yep. I'm All three going to of demand it. You should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll come and demand it. I'm going to send in people just to irritate you and make sure that they do. The name of the vodka. Uh, um, so it's Beet Vodka. Uh, okay. It's made out at our friends out of four, Parallel 45 um, out in New Richmond, Wisconsin. But the uh, team that actually owns the brand is based out of St. Louis Park. Okay. Um, actually right down the road from Mill Valley Kitchen, as a matter of fact. And Habitation Furnishing and Design. Yep. 
So these these guys are basically trying to launch, and I've been working with them for a long time. And this has been a long time coming. I've had the drink for a while, but uh, you know things move slow sometimes. And well, mm-hmm. here we are talking about it on the radio. That's fantastic. So beat uh, vodka, and it's spelled bat with a long line over the e type of thing. Correct. Um, and we did do a a primer shot of this stuff, and oh my god, this is the most buttery vodka I have ever tasted. It is petrichor. <laughs> it is the it's water that delicious. runs down the rocks and veins of the gods because that's good stuff. All right. Mr. Uh, Bretzer, why don't you step ahead of me? <laughs> didn't even let you say it. My apologies. I know. All right. We got our mixing music. Dan, tell us how we put this cocktail together. Uh, well, we're going to do a, uh, just a classic martini build where I'm probably going to double this up since we're all going to be uh, imbibing a little bit with the lube, as you call it. <laughs> Uh, so typical. It's the anesthetic to life, right? Two and a quarter uh, spirit and three quarters, three quarters of the vermouth. Typical random uh, martini build. Uh, so we're gonna go four and a half. Four and a half. Oh wow, that's gonna be half a bottle, but we can do it because you know what? Here, drinking the style. We're committed. Committed. Don't know what we're committed to, but we are committed. Okay, so basically you're saying two-thirds, one-third is the relative ratio between vodka and vermouth? A boot. Okay. A boot. Okay. It just it really depends on preference. It depends on the vermouth. It depends on the vodka. Uh, I just found this to be the best way to do it. All right. So we've got uh, the vodka added. We've got the vermouth, the French classy vermouth, which, by the way, is called C. Camos. Yep. Distributed by a bellboy. By a bellboy? Bellboy is the distribution. <laughs> oh, bellboy. Just, just, just some by a bell random bellboy. Bell <laughs> my, friend, my friend Rose is great. will appreciate the shout-out. <laughs> I was a bellboy at the Marriott Hotel in Buffalo, New York uh, when I was in college. I, interestingly enough, carried O.J. Simpson's bags uh, up to, uh, to his room and lived to tell the tale. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was, as everyone says, one of the nicest guys you ever would meet. Such tragedy. And mark my words, just to go off uh, uh, on a tangent, when O.J. dies and they pull his brain out, they are going to find that he had that concussion thing Oh, spades, thank you, across the board. And had they been aware of that, I bet, back in the day after the murder, I bet he, he would have been able to frame that case. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. The glove don't fit. You must have quit. Come on. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, I, yeah, okay. okay. That, that would have been I'm a defense sure. mechanism for him. Yeah, okay. Right? That's why it went crazy. Exactly, because it, it matches oh, all right. yes, yes, of yes, yes, the yes, symptoms, yes. the rage, the lack of judgment. And that guy, back when he played for the Bills, he got beat up like there was no tomorrow. All right. That was a bit of a, that's as far as we go into sports trivia drink <laughs> in this style. So the, the one really cool thing about this, and rest assured for you're going to a show later this evening, is... Yes. Uh, uh, it does take a little bit extra water dilution um, just to get right to that, that peak point that I'm looking for. So it's not going to be terribly booze forward. It, you'll be actually be a little bit worried that it doesn't taste so much like booze. But keep in mind, we're making which is booze and booze. Okay. It's like, wait, can I, can I go now? There's no booze. Oh, okay. you're going to be just bad. <laughs> I would never. I would never. Too funny. All right, you've got it mixed up and not shaken but stirred, of course. And it's cooking beautifully. While we're mixing, I'm going to ask the random question of Bethany because I really like the question. All right, here it is. Ready? Random UK question, which means it isn't really random, but it's semi-random. Who do you find to be a sexier stereotype, Miss Reed Peterson? The English knight or the swashbuckling British 
privateer. Oh, wow. Okay, the English knight. What, like Game of Thrones style, like English knight? Or <laughs> the, like the Tom Hardy kind of... Swinging across. Swinging across. Let's go with the let's go with option door number two. Let's door? go with the privateer, the swashbuckling. I love yes. it. All right, yes. swashbucklers, we know our way to Bethany's heart. Uh, <laughs> we have our cocktail mixed in, and uh, we're going to take a really quick break here and uh, begin drinking. We'll be back in just a moment. She always knows her place. She's got style. She's got grace. She's a winner. <laughs> she's a lady. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, a one-hour conversation about art, architecture, and especially this week, interior design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and my guest this week is ASID-accredited designer and chief bon vivant, Bethany Reed-Peterson. Bethany, welcome back again. Thank you. Before we jump into stuff, I just got to say, Dan finished off this cocktail, the rainwater, with, again, Dan, what was it? A violet. A little spritz of Violette that he's got in a little bottle just to add uh, a, a little something. And this cocktail is brilliant. It is absolutely delicious. It tastes – if you don't like the taste of alcohol, you're going to love this drink anyway because it does not have a huge alcohol flavor to it. Um, it tastes like rainwater, but it's a mighty drink. I can sense it. Mm-hmm. Being all alcohol. So, yeah, great, great job. And uh, this is served, by the way, uh, neat. So it is without ice and it is crystal clear. You can tell the kids that you're hydrating. (laughs) (laughs) We agree? And Brett, what do you think in there? Are you enjoying it? Absolutely. Yeah, you really can't get that hint of alcohol in there. But I'm kind of with you. You can tell it's very, very strong. But Seriously, you can put this like in a Nike squirt bottle and I can run – a marathon and you can hydrate with this stuff. I like your style. Thank you. <laughs> Except that I never come near a marathon. But I could make seven or eight steps and then I just sit on the step. Uh, or a 5K. Yeah, exactly. All right. Oh, Bethany, it. let's talk to you a little bit. I love your title. Is it just for fun or does it have deeper meaning? Yeah. Chief Bon Vivant. Yes. Well, OK. So it's both, right? So in French, Bon Vivant means to live the good life. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard this. Um, in the sort of like the English trans, or translation, which they say over there, bon viveur. And um, I heard this actually from Jared Brown, who is the master distiller at Sipsmith Gin, and was reading an interview on him. And I was like, oh, he calls himself this bon viveur. What, is, you know, what does that mean? I, and I looked into it and I'm going, oh my God, that makes so much sense. I love it. It's one who lives the good life. And as a designer, you're helping clients live a good life, whether it's, you know, sitting down to have amazing cocktails or, you know, you know, helping them focus their studio space or their home office, for example. Um, and for me, I just, I love fun and in interior design. Mm-hmm. I love the fun aspect and the whimsy of it. So I thought, you know, this is perfect. I don't necessarily just want to call myself a designer or a principal. Kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of an office that I used to spend a lot of time in as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, you know what? Bon Vivant sounds like a good way to go about this. I love it. It encapsulates everything that you're trying to achieve. And you're and you're exactly right. And and you mentioned something you hit on you hit on the nerve of the ASID design impacts lives concept associated with what you're doing. That is to say bon vivant and living the good life. Part of that 
can be the environment in which you are living and mm. and you understand and you're embracing that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really – I mean it's – you know, a, a client might come to you saying, oh, I need help with this. But it, it's it's not just that surface level. It's like obviously we're helping with the design but it really comes down to help me live a better life, help me be a better you know, person through whatever that might be. So that – it made sense for me to, you know – Call myself that, and you know it just—it just sounds fancy, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It increases prices by at least ten to fourteen percent. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Bon vivant. It's a, and a bon vivant. I remember because you had had that on a card as well at one point, I think, before you rebranded. Yes, I did. And I remember seeing bon vivant. I, I don't remember. I mean, I kind of knew what it was, but it's the less commonly used right. version of what you're trying to express. Right. All right. right. So you have offices in Minnesota and you work in London as well, correct? I do have clients in London. I'm headquartered in Minneapolis. Okay. Um, but I designed – I was an interior designer in London for many years um, working for uh, bespoke high-end residential firms. And I actually do still have some clients. They're not clients of those firms. But I have clients in London area and then I work with them remotely. Um, and one of the wonderful things about being able to do that is you know, I still know a lot of the vendors that are over there that I can help guide clients in that direction too. So it's it's really nice because it's a totally different mix of um, you know, a Minnesota design client versus a London design client. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there's a nice crossover at the same time. That makes all the so. sense in the world and it adds a whole new layer which is absolutely wonderful. We're going to be talking about that as well. But you know, as I mentioned to you before, look, I'm, I'm, I, I love most things UK. I just, I'm, I'm an Anglophile. I'm a curious blend of an Italiophile and an Anglophile. Which, when I was thinking about the show, I came up with the term Italian Anglophile. Anglophile. Italian Anglophile. Does that work? I thought should be your title. In fact, we should all just make up titles. I do love making up titles. It's what they're doing in the tech world. Like, why not follow that? I actually do. All right. <laughs> tangent, tangent, I have to admit, a tangent. I had a guy who worked for me for a while, and his job was to go out and basically structure deals. I just want you to go find opportunities outside of the normal stuff that we would normally do. So, you know, just different partnerships and things. And I got him his cards, and the title I gave him, Conspirator. Go out. Find me some conspiracies that I can participate in. And I always thought that was one of the best titles I'd ever come up with. That's a great title. My IT person, I called her the mistress of technology, which I spelled with a Y. Isn't that just so much more fun? I know, right? It's so much more fun. I agree. I agree completely. (laughs) So are you suggesting that we should stop taking ourselves so seriously? A hundred percent. I am. But see, mixologist is such a great – I mean, that's a great title. Mix we don't like that word either. Oh, sorry. Really? No, you, like well, you can make up your no, own. <laughs> it, it, just, it, just sounds, it just sounds a little bit pretentious. Really? I just, to be honest, I just put shit in the glass. <laughs> 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 and there's a great plug for Mill Valley Kitchen. And <laughs> in glass. What would you like to be called if you could come up with any title? I really don't care. You, don't you care. can address me as you want. I'm just saying it's, it has a bit of a negative connotation to use the word mixologist. Really? Just because it's, you know, hoity-toity, pinky up, like, I'm um, fancy. Good to know. I may start to reposition the way I position you then. Well, I mean, certain people you're going you're gonna to come across, they're going to accept that title. Those are the ones you probably want to steer clear of. Do you know the guys uh, at, the, at the, uh, uh, the Libation Project? They're a distributor of wines in Minneapolis. Mm. And their salespeople, their titles, enabler. Yeah, no, that's exactly true. Right? Yeah, that's Which, great. Good to you. That's, good for that you. Is great. Now that's that's the the first step of a rabbit hole of fuck 
right there. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of beeps on this one. <laughs> I worked well. that off for me. I like it though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We frittered away segment two by and large, but I want to get at least one good solid question in for you, Bethany, before we jump to the other stuff. But all right. We don't have time. I was going to ask you specifically what the dominant trends are yeah. in UK design and we're going to talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But instead of say, doing that, why don't I give you a, one that we can do in the remaining minute and 13 seconds, give or take. You ready? Yes. All right. The color red is obviously dominant in the UK without a doubt, right? Do you find trouble or, or problems – integrating the color red into U.S.-based designs that want more of a U.K.-based or U.K. type of look? Do you know, I think it really just depends on the the shade of red you're talking about, right? So if it's like a beautiful, purpley, deep, burgundy red, mm-hmm. see, then we're, then we're getting into like the opulent jewel mm-hmm. tones, mm-hmm. which really feature over there so keenly. And you're seeing that happen a lot more here too. So I think it just, if it's that kind of bright cherry, it's huff, but just work in the jewel tones. See? That's, There's the answer. Yeah. The jewel tones is the, the answer. Tones. I love it. All right. Well, there it is. We, we've frittered away segment two. But segment three is going to be really meaningful. I have absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, let's take a quick break once again because uh, I'm almost going to need another drink. Um, folks, try this. This is awesome. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m. on AM 950 here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and available anytime as a stream or podcast. Tom Jones, I just, I just, I love Tom Jones. He's great, isn't he? He's just such a cool crooner. The voice is awesome. One of the few good things to come out of Wales. You know my position on Wales if you're a longtime listener to, to, to drink in the style. I just, I, I hate the fact that nobody picks on the Welsh, so I have taken it upon myself. <laughs> To be an anti-Welshite. But there are a couple of good things that came out. Tom Jones is one of them. So they get a pass on Tom Mm -hmm. Jones. Fair enough? We agree? Yeah, absolutely. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about design, (laughs) Bethany. Let's talk about design. What are the dominant trends? We touched a little bit on it. But what is happening right now in the UK from a design perspective? Yeah. Well, one thing that I'm I'm noticing that's – you know, it's hard to say if it's – if it's just kind of always been like this. So I moved, I moved over to the UK in, in 2008. And when I got there, I noticed immediately there's this huge trend of really dark rooms, like painting your your walls, your trim, your ceiling, one gorgeous, dark, chalky, typically pharaoh and ball type mm-hmm. color, and then incorporating these really bold pops um, okay. to really lighten the space up. And, you know, I'm I think that, that that's the case because when you have so many dark, dreary days, the Brits have gone, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's never going to be that bright space. So, like, let's just really, you know, embrace the own moodiness it. and own, own it. it. Exactly. And, and own the theatricality of what, what that space can okay. be. So, you know, you have you have that mixture. And then one thing that you just – you can't help but notice when you're when you're over in the UK is because – I mean, like, so when I was in – I mean, London's just so old, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – 
I didn't actually even notice, but it goes back. I mean, I think it was London itself actually goes back to 50 AD, right? So, I mean, Londinium yes. was the name of the city that exactly. Rome established. Exactly. But when you think about like modern day London, I mean, we're talking 1485 Tudor era, right? So you have these buildings that have literally been around long before our lovely country was, you know, mm-hmm. even you know, in existence, so Absolutely. to speak. And so you're, you know, you walk around the streets and you see this beautiful traditional architecture and the detailing. And then the Brits also love at the same time, not only just to celebrate those traditional architectural elements, whether it's crown molding, um, et cetera, but then they love to throw in, you know, antique vintage finds. So you might see this kind of melding of um, an old antique with a flea market find with a piece that's been completely handcrafted because heritage mm-hmm. and tradition and craftsmanship, like literally with your two hands, craftsmanship is mm-hmm. still a huge part of of British design and celebrated very much. Not everything is mass production. Can we cre- create 2,000 of these units no. as we are in America? This right. is sometimes something that is unique has greater impact right, and absolutely. greater appreciation over there. This, yeah, there's a real celebration of artisans over there, exactly, working with your hands, like creating things in small batches, bespoke um, custom work, custom furniture is is huge over there. And, we're, you know, we see it here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's quite as celebrated as much. I think sometimes in America we, we want things a little bit at a quicker pace, although you're seeing that more over in the U.K. now too. Really? But um, it, is, it is just a really an unmistakable blend of this like tradition meets, you know, new and modern and something totally – Antithetical and been to our, um, flea market at the same time too. Interesting. So a yeah. certain level of creativity, a certain level of, 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 of. I think you've used the word whimsy, cheeky. Yes. You've used the word cheeky. Yes. Uh, kind of integration of old and new, and it's not. I mean, one of the mm-hmm. things that drives me crazy, and we have so many clients who come to us mm-hmm. who have shopped at one of kind of the main retailers who, right. again, I don't want to be, you know, besmirching anyone, but Restoration Hardware and Pottery Burn. And they come in and they and they buy everything there and right. they expect to have the look that they see in the catalogs right. and they find that it has no soul, it has no resonance. There's it's no personality. There's no personality. Right. Exactly. So they ask yeah. us to fix it because we're unique in that level. And, oh. and you're saying the same, I mean, on a grander scale across mm-hmm. the UK – They've they've mastered the art of trying to take kind of the mainstay pieces, the traditional pieces that mm-hmm. everybody has, mm-hmm. and then integrating some cool, fun pieces as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I would definitely say that's a dominant piece of a lot of what's happening in in British design. I mean, you're you know like any you know like anything else too. You're going to see very traditional design coming out of the UK. But what I personally find the most fun is kind of what you're talking about, where you get to inject this really fun sense of personality and. You know, an irreverence, kind of a you know, a sense of fun, like we've been talking about, right? It's it's this kind of cheeky, not taking yourself too seriously, which is you know, huge for the Brits in general, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's because there's all of you know, you've got the royal family, and you you have this sort of stiff upper lip, kind of you know, um, culture there. But at the same time, too, the Brits love nothing more than a bit of sarcasm and a bit of you know, cheeky behavior. Exactly, is, is. exactly. So stylistically, then mm-hmm. you're saying it's almost a matter of you know, the national persona of Britain. Mm-hmm. is a combination of huge heritage and irreverence. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And you see this you see this a lot with um 
are you, do you are you familiar with Collins on wallpaper where they they have these original like woodblock mm-hmm. um, prints and then they they might throw a, a cheeky monkey in there and that's actually with you know they do something with Fornicetti which is this you know amazing mm-hmm. Italian mm-hmm. design collaboration too so again it's this kind of pastiche of the of the you know the heritage and the the craftsmanship and all of these things and um, and then they just will go and then they'll have this amazing oil painting of their dog or I know right right <laughs> and or or this like you know the bonkers pillows or something I mean there's this this piece in your in your um, shop at the moment that's really amazing it's this really cool sideboard it's super textured it looks like it's pieces of wood and it's like you're not going to see that just anywhere and I think that's a really great example of of putting in something that's completely irreverent and it's not necessarily so cheeky but it's I mean it's, it's interesting. It's almost it's textural and playful. You're, you're absolutely right, and it's confident as well. Yes, confidence is a huge part of it. I mean, in a lot of cases, Americans. I mean, we suffer from a national inferiority complex for whatever mm. reason, which I don't quite understand. Dan, do you agree with that, or would absolutely. you disagree? Right. So you know, so when people achieve a certain level and they want to decorate their homes, they almost feel like their obligation is to find the designer who will give them. Again, that that photo right. shoot that you would find in architectural di- – not architectural right. diapers, but perhaps a, a restoration catalog. I, I just want to interject real quick that I have not one but two sets of friends with oil paintings of their dogs. Yes. <laughs> right oh, I love that. And, and they're fantastic. Yeah. And the, both the dogs are still living. So. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And that wasn't a homage. It's – yeah. Here's my dog. Right. It's through there. It's – yeah. No, I mean it's – and it's great because dogs are awesome. I mean and you got to have a certain amount of confidence in order to do something that is not like you know stamped and approved by whatever maven of style. Right. The Brits are – they can do that. I mean they do that in their clothes as well. They wear whatever the heck they think would necessarily – Bring them pleasure, bring them joy. Yeah. Spark joy is the big word, I guess, yes. or the big phrase these days. Yeah. Um, and from a design perspective, they've embraced that same concept. If it works, mm-hmm. bring it together. But you can't just bring everything together that you like because then you have a hodgepodge, right? I mean, I don't recommend it. I It's like eclectic. I hate the word eclectic mm-hmm. because eclectic is great at one point, right. but it came to mean just a bunch of crap that I put together and now I call it a style. Right. I like blended. Uh, as, a, as a look. But you still should have something that's more independent and reflective of your style. Rules be damned. Mm. You would agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I you know, this is sort of my personal vendetta, but I can't stand when I go into someone's house mm-hmm. and I'm going, who are you? I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know who you are based on your interior. And, you know, of course, that's, you know, not everyone is cares too much about you know their interiors. That's not how they, mm-hmm. they reflect their personality. But I love going into a house where I, I know how you think. I know you know what your style is, maybe what you're doing on your weekends if you're going to an art show based upon what you have on your walls or what kind of sofa you have or whatever it might be. So, um, And I think that's what they do really well is they inject all this personality in. And it's an interesting thing about like the rules, like what are the rules? Because I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's also a hard look to pull off too because um, – if it just becomes too eclectic and too much of a hodgepodge, then – harder. Yes, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Um, and so that's why it, you know, it, can be, it can be kind of difficult to pull off. But the brilliant thing – another, that's another British phrase. The brilliant. 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 Love brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Bloody, She's gone mental. Yeah, I know, right? I've gone – yeah, it's gone. She's gone wild. mental. It's yes. the rainwater. She's it's driven her rain, mental. It's the rainwater. I know. This is good stuff, Dan. Yeah, it's delicious. Great. Um, but the uh, – the, the great thing about it is, um, you know, when you have when you 
when you are so close to mainland Europe and all these different cultures that are just kind of in your orbit, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing pieces that are coming from like you might you might have this beautiful English traditional English roll top, you know, Chesterfield sofa, mm-hmm. leather sofa next to a really crazy Moroccan lamp that like your granny brought back from you in the 80s or you know what I mean? Right. And it's just like there's that kind of instead of it being a hodgepodge, it actually kind of melds. Yeah. together. And that's almost something that I can't even articulate. Got, I mean, there has to be a thread. Right. You know? There has yes. to be some kind of right. story that's, that's being That's exactly told. what it, it, that's what it is. It's the story. And, and when you can go over to someone's house and they can say, well, tell me, what is this lamp or whatever it might be? And it might be totally crazy. Um, but if you have that story mm-hmm. about why that piece is in your home, I think just kind of almost magically, the pieces will start to talk to each other, if that makes any sense. That's a great way of putting it. Yes. So, yeah. So then it does kind of, because it's, you know, I'm always amazed whenever I go over to my friends' houses in the UK, and they're not designers, and some of them aren't creatives. And and I go, how are you, this is amazing, you're putting this together so very well. And it's just kind of that, you know, through their experiences, they've been able to kind of pull in different, you know, cultures, but also mm-hmm. maintain a respect to the heritage of the spaces that they live or live in. So you bring up something that's a great point. So here's the, always the question that we look mm. at. In America, we tend to be everything has been built relatively recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, our entire country is basically post-World War II. It tends to be a homogenous type of a, of a design. Our rooms are square. Our windowsills are two and a third inches, you know, right. wide. Do you have a lot of trouble or are there ways of giving that kind of flavor, that kind of unique UK mm. flavor within that kind of a homogenous environment? Yeah. Well, I mean, I absolutely hear what you're saying. Um I will also say that there are a ton of very homogenous buildings in the UK too. I've lived in a lot of flats that kind of just felt like basic. Everything that got blown up after World or during World yeah. War II was replaced. Same right. thing is true of No, of it's so France. true. That's right. such a good point. That's mm-hmm. such a good point. And you know, these old buildings that yeah, I mean you go through Brixton, for example, and Brixton was very heavily bombed in the war and so you can see where there used to be these amazing houses and buildings and they just there there are new condos and flats there now. But as it pertains to Bringing that that sort of heritage, whimsy, cheeky design back to the Minnesotan, mm-hmm. um, it's absolutely possible to do. Um, you know, it, it's, it comes through things like the kind of paint color you might be choosing, or the accessories, or maybe it's that one piece that's totally out there. That's that conversation starter, right? When you have that dinner party mm-hmm. and people are like. Whoa, where's this piece come from? That's crazy. Or maybe it is the portraits of your dogs. I mean, it's, I think what it's really about is injecting that sense of your personality into the space as compared to just trying to mimic a British sense of design. Having the strength to simply go ahead and do what you want to do. Absolutely. And the ratification from a design professional like yourself goes a long way, correct? I mean, because it's true. You're approving it. It's just, right. You're interpreting what right. somebody wants. Right. And sometimes we need to help them edit so it doesn't feel like a hodgepodge, but I love you know, it. there you All go. Right. All right. Last break before we do the Habitation audio log segment. We'll be back in a minute. So release me and let me love again. I 
Welcome back to Drink in the Style. As I mentioned, music this week provided by Tom Jones. Again, I won't pound on the whales thing, but <laughs> oh, the Welsh! Oh my oh, God! The Welsh! The Welsh! The Welsh! The Welsh! Dan Benedict's is a breakfast and lunch spot, but here you are with booze. Are you telling me that in downtown Wyzetta? You were encouraging afternoon and morning drinking? Well, considering we close at 3 p.m., absolutely. <laughs> Good man. Excellent. You've got a great drink menu down at Benedict's. You've got a couple of different things that are, are delicious and, and, and what have you. It's a great spot. You do great breakfast, brunch uh, uh, mix-up. What do you have on the menu or what exciting things are going on this week? Well, the uh, my my favorite drink over there is one that we also serve at uh, at Mercy. That's a little bit tweaked. Is the Irish coffee? Irish mm-hmm. coffee has uh, since been like a long forgotten or even screwed up uh, beverage that can just be so fantastic. It is. Tell me about your uh, your your Irish coffee. Uh, Irish coffee, um, depending on what location, uh, the Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really all about the cream blend, uh, the the blend that sits on top. It needs to be cold. It needs to be perfectly aerated. Uh, so it's basically a combination of um, Bailey's-esque, uh, cinnamon-esque, heavy cream-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, just goodness. I mean, I, that's that's the one thing I'm not going to give the whole recipe for. Uh, nor should you. Nor should yeah. you. No, it's, it's a shame. Irish coffee has been hijacked by Bailey's uh, overall, and that's what everyone interpreted it as being, when in fact Bailey's is basically just cream, whiskey, and sugar. Yep. And if you put together a delicious Irish, if you actually are mixing it with some genuine whiskey, and uh, you mentioned the magic word aeration yep. on the cream, it can be a frothy delight. In the, in the way it floats on top is every sip you get a little bit of love in each mouthful. It's right. good. And that's on the menu at Benedict's. At Benedict's and at Mercy. And at Mercy. All right. Listeners out there, please go in and, and, and enjoy that place, uh, both places, because they're uh, absolutely phenomenal. All right. Lord help me. It's time for the <laughs> Habitation Audio Log, um, which is always my segment for Greg is already two sheets to the wind, and now he's going to try to read something that he wrote probably at the last possible minute. But it can be interesting. So shall we do the Habitation Audio Log, Bethany? Yes, let's go for it. You've got a great radio voice, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Do you know I used to be a, um, a radio DJ in college? <gasps> Did you really? Up in St. Cloud, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, perfect. See, I, I can't tell. say the call out. ringer. Oh, yeah, ringer. I was going to ask to see if I <laughs> – okay. <Yeah. laughs> Beep. <laughs> Ratings are slumping. I needed to bring in a ringer. <laughs> All right, to heck with it. Uh, let's do the Habitation Audio Log installment 30. Spring is coming. This is basically a plug, by the way. I admit it's true. But it's a meaningful plug, and it has some information. So here we go. Uh, Brett, are you ready? I am ready in here. All right. Winter has finally released Minnesota, and we are speeding quickly toward the joy that is spring and summer. One of the things that always amazes me about Minnesota is how quick it goes from tundra to rainforest, and I have no doubt that this change will hit us as quickly this year as it has in the past. So what does that mean to us? Simply put, it's time to start thinking about patio furniture again. Patio furniture has always been a challenge to me personally. It essentially comes in two varieties, cheap and expensive, uh, with very little in between. 
Why is this? I admit the answer is pretty straightforward. Outdoor furniture takes a heck of a beating, so if you want it to last, you need to use premium quality materials, and that costs money. But the price uh, affects, but the price affects the consumer beyond the wallet. It also severely limits choice. You see, stores like Patio Furniture or Yardbird or even Home Depot and so on need to stock items for quick shipment. Since the cost of quality furniture is relatively high and the season is short, they inevitably make the decision to reduce inventory cost and mitigate risk by offering lower-end homogenous products that all pretty much look the same and have the same two to three-year lifespan. Habitation has gone a second route. We don't inventory much patio furniture. Instead, we've worked hard to find suppliers who offer high quality, high style, high style, and short lead times. Manufacturers like Fermab, Van Dam, and Philips Collection offer products that are aesthetically interesting and functionally resilient, and arrive in just a couple of weeks. But that means our clients do need to plan a little bit ahead. Luckily, habitation designers are ready to help you make your outside spaces exceptional, and every bit as exceptional as your indoor spaces. But you really want to—oh, uh, no, I screwed that up. We're going to go back. Uh, is, <laughs> but if you really want to make a statement, you need to start thinking about the outdoors right now. Otherwise, you'll quickly find that the only options you've got are the same dining and patio sets that your neighbor has. On the plus side,、uh, if you do decide to go the big box store route, you will correct the procrastination in two to three years when your furniture falls apart, and you come and visit us for something that's really cool and really durable. Did that make sense? Did that work? Yeah, that sounds great. Right, we've got some great stuff. I mean, I don't do a lot of patio furniture in the showroom.、Um, we've got a certain amount, but you know, we've got design books. We've got experts who understand how the pieces work together. We also there's this awesome guy, Bethany. Have you ever heard of?、Um, oh God,、uh, Om Forme. Yes.、Um, it- Carter. Carter Everback. Yes. 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 I don't、is. know him, but I know of him. I know his oeuvre. Oeuvre.、Yes. You know the oeuvre. Yes. Carter Everback is a furniture designer here in the Twin Cities. He has a showroom that is open sporadically and unpredictably, called Omforme、uh, in in Naples. But he has developed this system where it is so cool. He takes standard furniture and he basically dips it in rubber, so it becomes outdoor furniture and watertight. And you can then have this amazing, cool space that you can just leave out over、uh, over the season. And and he's got several pieces out at Habitation, and we'll have a few more pieces again this year. It's so cool. And like for Mob, do you know for Mob? Oh, do you know what? No. For Mob is the company. I, I do. For Mob is the company that does like eighty percent, literally eighty percent of all the patio seating in France. They、okay. do all the bistros. They've got kind of a cool、oh, contemporary、yes. look as well, but it's this beautifully, awesomely made furniture, high style, almost indestructible. Amazing. We, we have a bunch of it actually at Habitation. We keep it out on the patio section all winter long, and and people think it's like shameful that I don't put away my patio furniture. And I'm like,、yeah. no, this stuff's indestructible. It can stand up to a Minnesota winter. That's amazing. I know. So、well, yeah, I was going to say I'll be back because, and this is the great thing, right? Like you, you never stop learning about amazing vendors and amazing, you know, places to come and shop. And yeah, I, also dipping furniture. I mean, 
dipping furniture in rubber, as you do, right? I, who <laughs> thinks to do that? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Carter I love it. does. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's so cool. That's Carter so cool. Carter does just amazing. He reclaims furniture, restores it, and makes it yeah. just gorgeous. He is amazing. Yeah. I've got to have him on the show soon because yes, he is you such should. a good guy. You should. But I love that you're carrying his pieces in mm-hmm. at Habitation. How, no, I don't, I don't think anyone else is doing that. It's wonderful. I don't think so either. Yeah. I'm really proud of it. I don't want to sidebar too hard, but I'm going to a little bit. So uh, in the fall, we, uh, we were going through a house remodel <clears throat> and winter was coming. Winter's coming. And uh, we, we, took the, we took the sectional couch outside and like put a fire pit around it and like made a whole thing. Well, the snow came unexpectedly. And with the last warm-up we've just had, my giant black sectional couch has now been revealed for all of its uh, hillbilly glory <laughs> in my backyard. And I'm working on plan B to get rid of the damn thing. But I wish I could have had some rubber to dip my couch in. Tip away. Yeah. You want me to put you in touch with Carter? Uh, actually, I'm very curious about that. I, right. I will be bringing some friends to your showroom as well because I, I, have, I have friends that definitely fall into your uh, category. The showroom is awesome. I have to say, I'm I, I so proud of my business. I want to see it. I know. You haven't been out there. You right. come in, you do the mixology. Oh, sorry, not mixology. The blending <laughs> of cocktail. Yeah. I don't want to offend you. Um, overall, but you need to check out the showroom because the showroom is cool. Bethany, cool. you were swinging in. I, and you yeah. love the Gerber Art Gallery. Yeah, I was so impressed. I mean, I just love that whole concept of what it's, they're called. The art, the art girls? The art right? girls, The art girls. Yes. I love that concept. I think that's so cool. And I love that it's a local artist, but they have this great recognition nationally. I mean, it's just – I think what you're doing is really different and really fun. And so I'm excited to, I, to I see where it goes. I don't understand it. That's why I need to see it. Everybody yeah, needs do. to come in. And yeah. you don't have to feel like you've got to buy something. That's the beautiful part. I mean, this is about experience. It's, that's what I was going to you say. You want to it's buy something, experience. I'm happy to do it. I'll sell you anything you'd like with the exceptions of my daughter, my wife, and – one of my two dogs. Um, <laughs> just come in and enjoy the experience and get a sense. It's a lot, it's a lot like what we were talking about in the UK. Mm-hmm. You have to immerse yourself in a different environment and you can grow yes. as a result. You can you can get a different sense of what can be done. Right. Absolutely. It. All right. Absolutely. We've only got a minute and 20 seconds left and you're <laughs> supposed to be able to ask me a question and I blew it. I totally have enjoyed talking to you so much. That I have managed our time terribly. Dan, yeah, you know, whatever. Yep, I'll be back. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, you're going to get, Bethany, you're going to be back on the show because this I would has been love tons to. and tons of fun. Uh, of fun. Um, but we are winding into the end of the segment. So I need to do my little closing and thank my listeners for tuning in. But uh, we have drunk our way through yet another episode on behalf of Fabitation Furnishing and Design, Bethany Reed Peterson. Stop. Bethany, how do people find you? Yes. Okay. I am, I'm on the socials. My handle is uh, Reed, which is, which is a very strange German last name. So W-R-E-D-E, Waters. And I'm at ReedWaters.com. Same spelling. ReadWaters.com. All right. I mean, seriously, it's an awesome collection of stuff. I was going to do a quote from Noel Coward, Mad Ooh. Dogs and Englishmen. Which it was was appropriate, but uh, I don't even have the time. I guess do it fast. He did none of that. Mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the midday sun. The Japanese don't care to. The Chinese wouldn't dare to. The Hindus and the Argentines sleep firmly from twelve to one. The end. <laughs>